And now, for your listening pleasure, a GGR flashback. This episode is from February of 2015. Mike and Steve discuss the favorite bands. Enjoy. You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. It's called Pirate Radio. Makes them not shenanigans at all, really. Even shenanigans. I swear to God, I'll pistol whip the next guy that says shenanigans. We tell ourselves we are the walking dead. Traitor! Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. Be like, oh, these are stupid guns. Guns uh. are for jerks. <laughs> Pam, I will end you. Welcome back, everyone, to GGR Pirate Radio. My name is Mike Lunsford. I am the editor-in-chief of the Great Geek Refuge. And as we've mentioned before, we now have our own domain name. It is the it is greatgeekrefuge.com. I almost put the the in front of it. I don't know why I want to do that. But it is greatgeekrefuge.com. Quick shout-out, quick plug for Squarespace. They're, they're still our, uh, our spot to keep all of our stuff. They've got all of our stuff on their servers. Great tech support. Um, they're a fantastic place to do a website. If you ever need to create your own, I highly recommend going with Squarespace. Although I prefer you guys just contact us and write for our website and help us build that. Well, there's that, that too, yeah. I mean, if you guys can always be part of the team. I mean, we're always taking on new people. As we mentioned at the end of the last one, we got Andy. Yep. Andy Barch. Uh, he is now part of our, our team as well. He's already written two really good articles. Uh, working awesome. on a couple more. He's super stoked, and I know he's going to be listening to this. So, hey, Andy, what's up? <laughs> Here's a shout-out for you. Yeah, I hope you can hear this all the way in those mountains of West Virginia. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah, ooh, it's <laughs> awkward, yeah. Uh, so I'm Steve Monick. I write under the name Pete Rogers on Great Geek Refuge. I write a lot of stuff about comics and movies, you know, just the, the fun geeky stuff to get into. Um, and we're actually going to get into something that pretty much everyone in the world kind of gets into, at least most yeah. people do. Uh, we're going to talk a lot about music and our favorite bands and, and things. And we really haven't talked about that much. Uh, Danny, no. Danny was nice enough to do her, her little playlist right. uh, in the summertime this year. And hopefully we can get some more of those. Danny's hopefully she's listening to this. Hey, Danny, how are you? Um, she's super busy all the time too. She's full time Air Force, and you know, quick salute to her. Absolutely for serving our country. We do appreciate what no, she does. No. Um, but we all love music. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. music fan. Like it, it drives me. Like anytime I, I go anywhere, if I don't have like an iPod or a CD or, or a decent radio station to listen to, it's like a it's like a drive into misery. It's I, I argue tooth and nail to people that like I. Don't know why you listen to the radio. I don't bother with it. I plug stuff right into my car, my yeah. headphones, because yeah. I need my music so much that I can't even wait for the radio ads or anything like that. I just do what I want to do with yeah. my music, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I wanted to um, just touch on what we touched about, uh, talked about last week. Uh, talk about the Super Bowl. Yeah, real quick before we get yeah. into the main subject Yeah, matter. and the main reason, too, I mean, if it was a blowout, like, I'd be like, oh, ha, 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 did anybody even watch that game? Like... But that was such a good Super yeah. Bowl. It was so compelling. Like, to have it come down to... Well, first off, 
Um, I'm awesome. Because I said you the final score it. was going to yeah. be like 27-24, and it was 28-24. I think if you listen back to the whole podcast, you and I hit on a lot of what happened in that yeah. game. And I was like, watching, and I was like, I think Mike said this exact score when the game was over. I'm pretty yeah. sure he was like right on with yeah. it, too. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I could say it was prophetic, but I'm really not. Um, <laughs> I, was, I was hoping my, my team would win, and they did. And to, to win in such a way, and, and a lot of people are given... The Seahawks a lot of a lot of crap for making that play, not running or, the ball. Yeah, with, not running it with, with Marshawn. But again, flip it around. He throws a touchdown. Oh, he's a genius. Nobody saw that coming. It, it's it's always easier for people to play Monday morning quarterback. Absolutely. And second guess, you know, a guy who has already led this team too. I mean, he led them to this is their second Super Bowl they in won, a row. In a yeah. row, yeah, they won one. But weren't they in the NFC Championship as well under his reign as well, like the year before? I don't remember when they lost because that year before is when the San Francisco 49ers lost to the Ravens in the Super Bowl. I don't know, yeah. was it was it Seahawks 49ers for the NFC Championship? I can't remember if it was or not. Or Either was, way, they yeah. definitely made the playoffs. Yeah, And those are the three years Russell Wilson's been their quarterback if it's yeah. playoffs every year. That's extremely impressive. Yeah, that's, um, that's definitely showing something. You know? Everyone pretty much has been rooting for that guy except for yeah. maybe Matt Flynn, I guess. <laughs> well, that's because every time Matt Flynn gets taken anywhere, he's Going back to Green Bay because yeah. he just can't pick up the playbook. Or oh, um, that poor guy. Man. But yeah, I that so was a, that I mean, play. coming down to one yard, yeah. and I didn't even realize it until I was watching that Super Bowl. Yeah. That's the first one I'd gotten a chance to watch in the last three years. Yeah, uh, just due to work schedules and yeah. things like that. And yeah. I was like, damn, what a good game! If I was going to pick yeah. one of those three, that's the yeah. one you want to watch. I was actually I was at work. I didn't get to watch it. Oh. I watched a good majority of it because um, I would uh, take a quote unquote bathroom break and right. then run downstairs and watch it on the TV, on the TV downstairs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like it was. I mean, and I, wrote, I just wrote an article actually. If you guys get a chance to read it, um, it's about my love for the Patriots. Uh, even though I'm from the DC area, I give a background story. I'm not gonna tease it and tell you what I, what it's all about. But read it; it's awesome. It's great. Um, but yeah, like being a Patriots fan and watching them come from nothing essentially when I was uh, when I first started rooting for them to seeing them now almost like a, I mean they are a dynasty. Every year they're in the playoffs. Every year they're competitive. It's just like it's incredible. Especially yeah. when the Redskins can't do that ever. Like it's they've had how many whatever seasons in a row winning the the division. Yeah. Um, they in the span that Brady and Belichick have been there. Yeah. Um, and I can't remember who I was talking to, but I was saying um, talking about Brady and Belichick, and I don't think either one of them gets as far as they do without both of them being there. I don't yeah. think you know Belichick's a great coach, but I don't think. If he doesn't have Brady running that system, he does what he does. And yeah. same with Brady. If he doesn't get the reins and the, and the yeah. support around him, he doesn't win near as many games as he has. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I totally agree. But yeah, it was a he- it was a heck of a Super Bowl. Um, I'm glad the Patriots ended up winning. Um, again, though, that that's that story, that narrative that everybody keeps talking about, though. I'm so sick of hearing about Pete Carroll making a bad call, the worst call that's ever been made ever. Like, yeah. just, just give the guy a break, man. Yeah, and. and- he probably, technically, letter of the law, didn't necessarily make the right call, especially with the timeout in the, in the pocket still. But at the end of the day, 
Yeah. Um, you got to go with what's on the field there. I mean, how many? It's a split yeah. second decision. There, you yeah. know, the atmosphere, all the the emotions running through it, everything like that. And like you said, if he makes that pass, or if that undrafted free agent doesn't decide to risk the entire season and just yeah. jump the route, yeah. maybe it just goes incomplete and they run it in the next play anyway. Exactly. So, the guy who was working at Popeyes before he was on the yeah. Patriots roster. That's unbelievable. And then, like, I gotta say, like, people knock Brady all the time. I mean, I still see him as that skinny kid from California that was Bledsoe's backup that came in and miraculously won Super Bowl thirty six. So, like, I saw him grow from that to what he is now. Yeah. What a class act for him to say, you know what, this guy won us the Super Bowl, I got the MVP, I got this new truck for being the MVP, what the heck do I need a truck for? I, I live in a, uh, a high-rise condo in New York City, I don't even need this thing. So he's giving it to him. Like, awesome. How awesome is that? He could buy a truck-producing factory exactly. with the, the money that him and his wife made, so I mean, exactly. that's that's pretty awesome. Exactly, yeah. And, and I mean... Who knows if that kid's going to be on the team in two years? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's true. That's if he's true. even going to be in the NFL. Well, so. if if um, if it follows suit, most likely he will sign a massive contract with the Raiders within <laughs> the next year or two because they that's what they do. They so. just cherry pick the, yeah. the talent. Yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah, you did something good in the Super Bowl. Well, we haven't been to one of those in a long time. Let's yeah, I want you to come play for us. All right. Yeah, sometimes one and one do not add up to equal two. I'm sorry, Raiders fans. <laughs> oh my god, the poor Raiders. The poor, poor Raiders. That's that's one of those things as a Washington fan, like looking back on it, it's like, man, we're awful. At least we're not Cleveland. At least we're not Oakland. Sometimes Buffalo, like I still feel like they at least we haven't lost four Super Bowls in a row. I mean, yeah. Like, that was a really rough streak that they went on there. Yeah. <sighs> and they haven't been to the playoffs since that the Music City Miracle. Mm-hmm. Sorry, Buffalo. Sorry, guys. All right. Well, I mean, and that's just kind of our, our rough Super Bowl wrap-up, yeah. so to speak. I don't think we're going to talk about football again, guys, for a good while. Yeah, Probably not until... Maybe the draft, yeah. maybe the off-season, if there are some interesting stories, things like yeah. that. We're not going to generate any of our own narratives for the NFL. So. No, I don't care how many rehab facilities Johnny Manziel does, <laughs> too. We're not going to talk about it. So, <laughs> Absolutely not. So let's... Uh, au revoir, Avita Zane. Goodbye, NFL season. Thank you very much for an entertaining uh, yeah, final a, act. It was an interesting one, but definitely yeah. ended it on a high note. Absolutely, so. absolutely. Right. So to the uh, the subject at hand, music, 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 music. We're going to touch on some of our favorite albums, yeah. some of our favorite artists. Kind of, I mean, maybe it's kind of a top five ish, but we're going to yeah. talk about a handful ones that were important to us, ones we listen to when we're sick on Christmas, whatever. You yeah, know? absolutely, absolutely. Um, we wanted to give our our top five Definitely. artists, like top five artists, top five bands. We'll start with that. Um, just the ones that most influential, the ones that that just rock the hardest, in your opinion. Um, I'm gonna let you start because I mean, honestly, when it comes to music, I always defer to you, anyways, <laughs> because you're like the music like I've, database. I've been, like yeah, the, I've been doing it for a while, I guess, and you know, it goes back to college. I did a radio show there and things like that for a couple years, so I've been around music for a while. Um, a couple of these in my top five, some of them are for their music ability and things like that. And I'm going to be completely honest, some of it's just nostalgia. Uh, especially number five, Jimmy World. I love that band. Nice. Um, they're probably, I mean, nobody's going to say they're the most technically proficient. They're the yeah. catchiest. I mean, they're, they're middle of the road as some of that stuff goes. They make some fantastic music. They do. But boy, those albums came out when I was in high school. And me yeah. and my friends and my brother driving around the car, driving to and from school and everything like that. We would 
just rocked Jimmy Eat World. The album Bleed American, Futures. Yeah. I mean, there were some yeah. really, really good albums they put out. Yeah. And I just love that band because they're the kind of songs you can just fall into. They, um... Uh, my son is, is six, and he appeared on the podcast with me and Vic when we were talking about fast food. Yeah. Um, he uh, He's a big fan of... Or he was now. He's, he's too cool for it now. Uh, Yo Gabba Gabba. Mm-hmm. And Yo Gabba Gabba is done by... I wish I can remember the guy's name. Christian... I cannot remember his name, but he's the lead singer of the Aquabats. Oh, okay. And he has so many music connections anyways that he brings all these great bands onto Yo Gabba Gabba. And Jimmy World does a great song about about pets. Beautiful Day with My Best Friend is what it's called. And like we'll have it playing and yeah. as you guys can hear. I love this song. It's like one of my favorite songs of theirs. And it was a soundtrack from a kid's show. Like it's yeah, yeah I mean they have uh, at one point uh, Biz Marquee shows up there like every wow. week and does something for them. Uh, Weezer's been on there. Um, See that doesn't surprise me somehow. I've always feel yeah. like Weezer's out doing stuff like that. You yeah, know? exactly. But yeah, it's yeah. If you guys got little kids and you're looking for a good show that they can watch that you can actually enjoy with them and not want to bash your head against the wall, Yo Gabba Gabba is the way to go. It is a fantastic show. Great <laughs> music that you, pro- you probably listen to at some point. So that's the beauty of this podcast is yeah. I bring up Jimmy Eat World and I never expect it to go to Yo Gabba Gabba. That's why we <laughs> do it back and forth. It's not just yeah. one of us because we can take it places you never expected it to go. Absolutely. Uh, who's your number five, Mike? My number five, um, I grew up with a, a lot of musical influence from my parents. Okay. So my number five is probably the most influential musically to me. Like from an early age. Yeah, okay. yeah. and that's going to be Billy Joel. Oh, great pick. Great yeah, pick. Billy Joel is like the soundtrack of my childhood. Like, he, my mom loved Billy Joel. I mean, you know, God rest her soul. Um, anytime I hear Billy Joel songs, that's who I think of. I think of my yeah. mom. And every song, I mean, he he's not just like a pop artist where somebody else is writing a song and like, hey, go record it, you know, make a million records. He's, he's the, one of the original singer-songwriters. I mean, the guy is amazing on the piano. If you ever get a chance... Right now he's doing um, like baseball stu- uh, stadium tours. Oh, okay. Like, so, like during like the after the game or, or whatever they. Oh no! Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's did the concert series is what I meant. I said yeah. tours like Billy Joel's like. Well, as you can see here at Yankee Stadium, yeah. um, <laughs> he has his hat, yeah. his Fenway Park. Right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> he's playing Fenway actually. Um, nice. He he played Nationals Park last year. I don't know if he's going to do it again this year. If you got the money, if you got the time, go see Billy Joel in concert live. The guy is unreal. Like he's like rocking seventy at this point. And he just he, he just bangs away. You can't on the tell. Yeah. No, yeah, and he's just so energetic. And they did um, they just recently did a thing on PBS for him, where like everybody like from the music industry like, like tribute. Show, yeah, exactly. Like showed up and like even Kevin Spacey came up there and sang a song. Like wow. he's that influential. Like that everyone loves him. I I can't think of anybody who could say to me I don't like Billy Joel and not get punched in the throat because they're just that wrong. Yeah, and I think. Um... You and I were talking about Billy Joel, it was a month ago or something like that, and I think the way you phrased it that I think is the perfect description, he's one of the best storytelling musicians. I mean, the way he writes his lyrics and the way it fits with his music, I mean, he puts you in a time and a place, you know exactly what he's trying to express with that, and that's not something you get from every artist. Yeah, and some of his songs too, like even um, some of his uh, not as famous ones that everybody knows just like off the top of their head but there's one called Allentown which about Allentown Pennsylvania and how once the coal was gone like the horrible like depression that the town went through and how awful and hard it was to like survive Um, he does one called uh, Goodnight Saigon about uh, Marines going to Vietnam Mm -hmm. like it's 
I mean, the guy writes hard-hitting songs, but then also can write, like, a powerful love ballad that'll just, like, yeah. you know, melt any girl's heart. Like, it's... The guy has just got range. Like, He's crazy. got the whole spectrum, because he does... I mean, there are Billy Joel songs that even yeah. the casual fans heard of. I mean, yeah. We Didn't Start the Fire and Piano yeah. Man and all that stuff. Every person yeah. alive has heard that song at one point. And he's got power behind it. He married Christy Brinkley. I mean, he <laughs> he's not messing over. around. He, yeah. knows, he knows what's up. It's proof in the pudding that he knows what, how to write a good song. Alright, so let's move on. Steve, uh, what's your number four? Yeah, uh, definitely a, a departure from Billy Joel here. Okay. This is going to be Metallica. I mean, oh, there's nice. no way, I mean, as a teenager, yeah. run around, I mean, I love metal music and I, I can't yeah. Uh, always get into that just the heaviest scream of stuff I mean yeah. I, I listen to it a little bit but really yeah. Metallica is metal for your everybody I mean anyone who is yeah. even remotely interested in metal music it's the metal that your parents have heard of like, yeah exactly yeah. and I mean they definitely had a stretch there where they weren't making top of the line music some of their albums yeah. fell a little short kind of the uh, load reload and then obviously St. Anger kind yeah. of hit short I personally like St. Anger a lot you would be I the like, minority for that. I, yeah. I know. I, I just liked how raw it was. Yeah. Like it was a departure from the very like glossy thing that they were going with before. So I hated it, and then I watched the uh, the documentary, some yeah. kind of monster. I think it was, yeah. um, and it showed like the background where they're getting the the therapy treatments as a group, and yeah. it's a whole thing. And then when you kind of see what they were going through while they made that one, it's still not anywhere near my top albums. Yeah. But at least you understand exactly. It, it kind yeah. of. When you see behind the scenes there, it lends a little yeah. more to what was happening at the time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there's some uh, Metallica songs that, I mean, I just, I'm never not going to listen to. Like, I mean, I'm going to be, Sandman, I'm going to be 80 loud, years old like, and I'm going to listen to Master of Puppets. It's just, yeah. I mean, and, and my grandkids are going to think I'm the weirdest person in the world and I won't care because <laughs> I'm rocking out to, to yeah. metal music. But um, the thing I like about Metallica, too, is uh, some of their live stuff. Yeah. Uh, they really have one of the better live albums I've ever heard was the the S and M album. Oh yeah, the Symphony of Metallica. Yes. Yeah. They, I mean, kicks off with Ecstasy of Gold. Yeah. And it just, I mean, from there it starts on that high note. And you know, it's going to go through this yeah. entire beautiful spectrum. Um, I absolutely love their live stuff because, for me, the hallmark of a really good band is: do you listen to something live, and are they pretty much as good yeah. as their studio stuff? I mean, maybe some of the the quality is taken off, but their energy and everything is it come through on on the record. And for me, Metallica is just stacks up one to one live to yeah. studio. Yeah, definitely. No, they're they're really 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 good live band. Um, and my number four, another one, another really really good live band, completely opposite end of the spectrum yeah. of Metallica though, and that's Dave Matthews Band. Really? See, that's one I never got into. So you're and gonna have to you're gonna have to fill in the information. And that's, on this and one. that's fine too because a lot of people are not Dave Matthews Band fans because they're like, oh, they're just a jam band. They are, and you know what? That's why they're awesome because you listen to a song and you're like, how can you not like this? It's it's happy. It's upbeat. Yeah. It's fun. They have some albums that are a little more serious, but even those are really 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 good songs. And maybe it's because I'm a Virginia native, mm-hmm. and Dave Matthews from Charlottesville. Gotcha. So that probably has a lot to do with it, too, because if you're from Virginia and you don't like Dave Matthews or there's not a DMB sticker somewhere on, like, <laughs> one of the, like, cars that you drove at some point, then you're probably not actually from here. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, just... It, it, I can't think of an album that I haven't picked up from them and it had at least three or four songs that I really like. They just stick with you and everything. Yeah, and, and you can listen to multiple times. I mean, you can listen to any time. And... and I think the thing that a lot of people like, and you might correct me if I'm wrong yep. here, but um, their musicianship 
is is really outstanding. I mean, they oh God, yeah. like we were talking yeah. about playing live and stuff. Yeah. I mean, they they really stand out as far as they the do. songs they write, the complexity. They're actually yeah. very very talented musicians yeah. as opposed to just a songwriter. And they have that like they're not your typical guitar, bass, drums, you know, singer setup. Mm. There's a there was a fiddle slash violin player. There's a saxophonist. I mean, they they've got so much going on with them that really kind of set them apart. But, I mean, they kind of fit into that weird like '90s niche where everybody had like brass sections and like yeah. all this other stuff and like. But they're not um, they're not ska by any stretch of the imagination. No. So yeah, just I. Another thing with me, another hallmark of a, of a great band is when you can listen to an album and it immediately takes you back to where you were when you first heard that album. Under the Table and Dreaming was like their first big com- commercial success. I got that like in seventh grade, maybe sixth grade, um, and I can listen to it and I can remember listening to that entire album that Christmas when I got it. Yeah. And like going on, um, I was. In, I was wrestling in high school and listening to that album as we're getting ready to go to a meet to like kind of get, get myself getting pumped up, get myself mellow. Actually, yeah, yeah. It was the other way around. Oh, I didn't really? want to get too pumped up before the meet and like, oh, I see. Okay, like lose all my energy and like get pinned by some chump. <laughs> like so, yeah. See, I was always and I, I think the albums and the yeah. artists that I picked out are, are yes. very much they're all upbeat, fast and stuff. Yeah. And that's the kind of stuff. If I'm listening to music, I usually use it to get myself going. And that's probably oh, that's why what I have. three through one are for me. So. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, moving two, three. This is a little closer to Jimmy World. Yeah. Uh, Newfound Glory. Wow, they're like really? a, the pop punk band. I did um, not. I did not see that coming with you. Yeah, I know. And it's um, something again goes back to high school. Goes back to kind of when I was really. I mean, that's all I did was listen to music, talk to my friends oh, about yeah. music, trade CDs, things yeah. like that. Yeah, music, um, music was life. Oh yeah. yeah, one of my best friends in high school. Um, he was a, a big NFG fan, uh, gave me a couple albums, and we would just cruise and listen to that all the time, yeah. uh, and I shared it with my, my brother, and that's the kind of stuff that he likes. He liked more the the pop punk, the emo, that yeah. kind of stuff, because he's a few years younger than me, and that's when that really came on extremely oh, yeah. Yeah. strong, um, and sharing that kind of music with him. Um, my second album, kind of a spoiler of that, is their album, Coming Home. It's my second favorite album of all time nice. um, and it took a lot of convincing because yeah. one of their other albums I really liked and my brother kind of convinced me no this yeah. one's better listen to it a lot and, yeah. and kind of went through it and moved into an apartment we built a bookshelf and listened to that album and sang it top to bottom together and stuff so there's just a really a lot of good memories for me attached to that band yeah. and they're one of those bands where all their music's kind of fun it's called pop punk for a reason it's yeah. fast and light and exactly. we don't really feel like um getting too literary about the lyrics when you don't really feel like getting bogged down. I mean, my favorite band I love, but a yeah. lot of their songs are like 10 to 12 minutes each. I gotcha. If you feel like listening to a three-minute song kind of turning your brain off, that's a fun one to just kind of dive into. Yeah, sometimes you don't want a journey. Sometimes you just want a quick trip. Yeah. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And so gotcha. my top five and even looking at my top ten and things like that, it's a lot of diversity that way. I mean, it depends on the day, what you're in the mood for. Yeah. It's real hard to kind of pick it out, but they yeah. definitely hold up. No matter what time it is. Oh, yeah, yeah. My number three, as I mentioned, as we got further up in my list, it gets a little more intense. Yeah. You want to talk about something you listen to before you go out and either go to the gym. Oh, here or we go. You're, you're wrestling or, like, for instance, I played football in high school, or you just, you're trying to get yourself pumped up to do something. Rage Against the Machine. Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, they're uh, right yeah. in the name right there. Rage. I mean, it's like, ready to go. The first time I listened to them and hearing Tom Morello on the guitar and it sounding like somebody was on the, sc- on, like, scratching as a DJ. Yeah. Like, and thinking... 
what the heck is that? How is like, a human making these noises? That is the most <laughs> badass sound I've ever heard in my life. And then Zack De La Roca getting on the vocals and just like just screaming it, and you could hear and feel every single lyric. Like it was just so important and powerful. And there's this underlying like stick it to the man political thing going on. Well, it's not even underlying. Like it's right yeah, in your face. Yeah, I mean, but, hitting like, you bang. Yeah, I mean it's it. They're so powerful. There's so much emotion behind that. And like and just you can feel it in the song. You can feel it when you see them live. Like I got lucky enough that I got to see them when I was young. Oh, that's and, like, awesome. You want to talk about like a game changer? You go see them in concert. You're just like, <laughs> oh my god, I gotta do something with my life. It's like, one of those concerts you come down off of over the next like three days. Exactly. Like, you're still, like, like reeling. Yeah, your ears are like the whole time. You're like, what'd you do, man? I went to rage, dude. Like you're just and they're just, they talk to you and you like all of a sudden you're like spouting out their political beliefs. Well, the government's against us, man. They all want us to be down. So you're just like, yeah. uh, kind of a tangent with them yeah. when they. Did the supergroup Audio Slave? Did you yes. follow Tom Morello? Yes. Were you a big fan of yes. them? I think it was more Morello than it was anything else. And the funny thing about this is my little brother, Nick. Hey, Nick. Hope you're listening. Um, uh, he made a really, really good point about this. Soundgarden, great. Rage Against the Machine, great. Audio Slave wasn't as good, good as either of those. But mm-hmm. it was its own thing. It was good. Both of their albums they did were really good. And like I still, I, mean, I have both of the albums, and I still listen to yeah. all of them. But there was just something not right about having the two together. Yeah. You know, it's like, I mean, they always say, you know, the peanut butter and the chocolate, it's better together. But, like, think of something that you really, really enjoy. We'll say steak. And then think of something else that's on the completely opposite end of the spectrum that you really, really enjoy. Like chocolate ice cream. Are you going to have a steak and chocolate ice cream sandwich? Not if you're a healthy human being, I would No, imagine. probably not. And, I mean, I'm sure there's some, like, food snob out there who's like, well, you can actually make a, a mole sauce, yeah. which is chocolate. <laughs> just, oh, God. Like, I, I watch Chop, too. I know yeah. it can be done. It doesn't mean you want to do it. <laughs> it doesn't mean it should be <laughs> yeah. done, okay? There's a huge point there. But, yeah, I loved Audio Slave. Rage Against the Machine, though, just holds holds a, a level a little above anything Audio Slave or, uh, could have done. Um, and and I, they keep saying, like, oh, they're going to do more albums. I still haven't seen it, and it's just, I'm holding hope that maybe one day we'll see one. Actually, yeah. yeah, I don't think it gets much better than Bulls on Parade. Oh, I mean, that man. song, I like, mean, like you said, if you want to get yeah. pumped up and ready to go, that song hits from the first note and doesn't quit. Yeah, um, but, I love that. Yeah, but, yeah, like, just everything Rage, is, Rage does. Um, the one they did for uh, the Matrix soundtrack, Matrix Revolution, yeah. uh, they did uh, Calm Like a Bomb. You play that song and you need to get pumped up for something, that's going to do it. And if it doesn't, you you might want to check your pulse because you might not be of the living anymore. I think that song is why I got the Matrix soundtrack. I mean, me, Mike and I are both soundtrack guys, too. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I have a lot of different movie soundtracks in my iTunes, yeah. and he does as yeah. well. Um, yeah, that one was definitely, I was like, well, maybe yeah. I should pick up this uh, soundtrack. Yeah. Can I, let me give a quick aside, because we both worked at the same corporate place for a while. At one point, I gave a real motivational speech that my boss was like, that was awesome, that was great, I really liked it. And I actually quoted Gorilla Radio by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> because we were talking about, like, what do you got to do to motivate yourself to get the numbers and stuff like that. And I was just coming up with crap, just pulling it out of my back pocket. And I was just like, just remember that it has to start somewhere. It has to start sometime. What better place than here? What better time than now? And nobody got the reference. Oh, my And God. I was just like, nobody <laughs> got I it. <laughs> I was hoping somebody would be like, oh, hell, can't stop me yeah. now. But... Just ripping into it exactly. and just had the best work day of their lives. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but she was like, that was so good. That was great. I was like, yeah, I know. I know. Uh, yeah. Just uh, just came up with it out of nowhere. Just right now. Just came up that was right now. Right this second. I'm like a machine and I'm just raging. Yeah, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> 
Awesome. Um, who's your uh, Who's your number? Wait, my number two. Yeah, yeah we're moving up two, to yeah. number two. Um, this being a Coheed and Cambria. I don't know yes. if you've ever listened. To yes, they, I have. Um, the whole like prog rock, like they had their own comic book. Yes, they. Yeah, yeah for those not in the know, Coheed and Cambria. Um, well, and even taking it out, it just in, in yep. music in general, there's things known as concept albums, yep. and that's an album where one story or one theme is on every single song. So yeah. you get into a mood and emotion or you get a narrative yeah. out of the album. Yeah. Kohei and Cambria is basically a concept band. Yeah. Uh, their lead singer and, and guitarist, Claudio Sanchez, he's a comic book author, um, and he wrote this entire story. Um, and with that story, he wrote music, and the band actually tells the story of the comic through their different albums. Yeah. And if you look through their albums, they have numbers on them. Like my favorite album, and the title's insane, Good Apollo and Burning Star 4, Volume 1, From Fear Through the Eyes of Madness. That's the title of the album, but it's yeah. called number four yeah. because it's the fourth chapter, so to speak, and, yeah. and every album you can listen to in order. Um, now, they release like the first album, or the first chapter of it, almost last or whatever but you can listen to it top to bottom tells a whole story has the characters i just thought that's cool but also i'm a big prog rock prog metal fan uh yeah anything progressive i'm into and they're the in my opinion the modern day answer to that i mean the the prog rock and stuff from yeah. the 70s and 80s i love that's what i listen to probably the most they're the modern, the two thousands version of that. The the evolution of yeah. progressive rock. Yeah, like the like if if um, Rush were to evolve like to the next stage, it would be yeah, Cody and Cambria, maybe Muse, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. If those like if you know Getty Lee and Rush, if they were kids and they were starting today, I like to think they would end up sounding something like Coheed after ingesting everything. Yeah, well, it, it's actually funny because I think that if we took Coheed and Cambria, your number two band, and smash them together with my band, you would see a lot of what we're going to be seeing here with prog rock now, and that would be Queen. Queen is my oh, number two band. yes. Um, I love my wife. Let me just state that up front. Sandy, That's always a good thing. Sandy, yeah. Sandy's great. And the reason I'm bringing this up is at one point, after we had been together for a few years, I mentioned that I really loved Queen and how great they were, and she said that they were a novelty act. And I almost... Ooh. Ooh. I was... I, it was like getting punched in the gut. I was like, no, how could you say such a I thing? I thought I like, knew you. Exactly. <laughs> Um, I think that Queen was like that they began so much of what we see in rock today. Like it's not just because they're not so glam that they're David Bowie. They weren't so glam that they were that. But there was a certain amount of theatrics going on with Queen. There yeah. was a, there were, it wasn't just the actual like music itself. But Brian May is probably one of the best guitarists of all time. The guy can just Nobody shred. sounds like him. No. I mean, the way yeah. he plays it. I mean, you can play yeah. the same notes, but somehow yeah. he does it different, and I don't yeah. know what that is. Yeah, and Freddie Mercury is one of the best, if not the best, frontman Friendly. of all time. And I could listen to all of their music just back-to-back -back on an endless loop and be perfectly content with that because... There's the rise and the fall, and there's the there's the excitement, and there's the like Bohemian Rhapsody is like a perfect song. I mean, it starts off slow, it's very depressing, it's very dark, and then it picks up and it builds to a crescendo, and it's it's just the greatest. But also, too, as a nerd, I feel like, and this is probably a huge stretch, but if Freddie Mercury were still around today, I feel like he could read GGR and appreciate it. Yeah. For crying out loud, the guy did the soundtrack for Highlander. I mean, and don't forget Flash Gordon. Oh, of course. How could I forget Flash Gordon? Like, but yeah, like, Princes of the Universe, Who Wants to Live Forever for um, for the Highlander, which 
Yeah. And by the way, if you ever watch that, if you haven't seen the movie, go ahead and watch it. It doesn't really hold up now. Like it hasn't yeah. aged well, but it's still it's still pretty decent. Um, but I mean, just all they're all over the place. Like they, they could do that heavy hitting rock song. They could do the love ballad. They could do something that was for a sci-fi movie like Flash Gordon. They could do something... Yeah, you want to talk universality. Yeah. I mean, I could list probably ten Queen songs right yep. now that every American has heard. You know yep. what I mean? They're just... They're so huge that today they're still there. Yep. But to your point, they're deeper tracks. The stuff that you aren't yep. necessarily hearing on the radio all the time. Yep. It is amazing stuff. I mean, oh, yeah. Yeah. Just Freddie Mercury's voice alone with the different harmonies that they would yeah. put in. I mean, the guy there was, there was, something was, I was so reading. talented. There was something I was reading that said that he could hit every single level. Yeah. Like, I mean, he could do bass, tenor, soprano. Like, he could go wherever he needed to go. And at one point, somebody told him, like a dentist said, hey, you've got too many teeth in your mouth. You actually need to get some teeth pulled. He's like, do not touch my mouth. Because if you mess with those teeth, it's going to throw off the resonance. It's not going to sound right. So he actually kept extra teeth in his mouth. <laughs> Just to sing off, like, the guy was, he was obsessed with making sure that you could hear his awesome music, so yeah. you gotta appreciate that. And I just, um, I'm so glad that Queen was your number two. Yeah. Um, my number one band, yeah. overall, I have loved them since, and, uh, this is gonna get a real nerdy here, uh, <laughs> when I was fifth, sixth grade, yeah. I was really into Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. I uh, loved it, I mean... Fighting, cartoons, what more could a, a boy exactly, that age yeah, want? Yeah. Uh, there was a, a video released that was uh, like a movie. Uh, of, I mean, the, the show had a couple movies that came yeah. out called The History of Trunks. And this band, for the American version, mm-hmm. had some of their songs on the soundtrack. Um, and again, I'm going to age myself here. Yeah. So I went down on my computer and got on Napster. And looked up the soundtrack for this movie. Oh, no. Because um, <laughs> we all didn't know what file sharing was. We're all like, yeah. if you go on here, music happens. Everyone was happy about it. And we it. can just take it, right? No one cares? Yeah. All right. And then my number four band, Metallica, had something to say about that. <laughs> but Lord, um, So Lord. on that soundtrack was the band Dream Theater. Yeah. Uh, they're a progressive rock band. They've been around since the mid-'80s. Basically, they're yeah. as old as I am. Uh, they formed in 1985. Um, I have been listening to them since I downloaded that soundtrack, um, and basically from then on just became a lifelong fan, bought their entire catalog. I mean, yeah. I have hundreds of their songs, because they yeah. do, you want to talk about live performances, oh, yeah. basically for every album they release, they release a live album from the, the tour. Nice. Their claim to fame is they're so extremely technically proficient on their instruments. Yeah. Their keyboardist literally trained as a teenager in Juilliard. Wow. Uh, their original drummer, bassist, and guitarist, they met and formed the band at the Berklee School of Music. I mean, as far as their pedigree for musicianship, it's, there, it's yeah. unparalleled. And if you watch yeah. it, go to YouTube and watch some of the videos of their live performances, you will lose your mind over how good they all are at their individual instruments. I really like that you use the term pedigree because it ties in perfectly with my number one. Yeah. Now, my number one, it's one band, but another band gets put in there because of... With, because without them, there would not have been my favorite band. Okay. My favorite band is the Foo Fighters. Yes. But by proxy, Nirvana Bana. as well. Yes. Because Nirvana was the first music I listened to. So you get a 1 and a 1A. Tricky. Exactly. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nirvana was the first time I heard music that blew my mind. I was like, what is this? I Again, like middle school. Like you were at that formative grade. age yeah. where you're like, 
I've heard a couple things my parents played. I've listened to you said Billy Joel. Yeah. This was your music. Yeah, and like the first time I heard Kurt Cobain sing, I didn't know what the hell he was saying. And I was like, I don't know what he's saying, but it just sounds cool. He I sounds to like this day for a lot of songs yeah. don't know what he's saying. <laughs> he, it, was, it was so powerful. It was punk. It was rock. It was pop. It was all of those things together in something that wasn't anything else out there. And yes, I know there are other alternative bands that were, you could say, the formative you know, musical inspiration yeah. for Nirvana. But you could say like, what the, the the Pixies, uh, yeah, Sonic exactly. Youth, they were there yeah, the before. Melvins, like they really, yeah. It's was it the the second uh, person bias? I think or I forget yeah. exactly the term is, yeah. but it's not the person who invents it. It's the person who perfects it yeah. that gets the recognition, and yeah. that's Nirvana to a T. Exactly, and like they were just there was so much energy and there's so much raw passion with that, and we lost Kurt too early, you know. And people can be say whatever they want. I don't. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole other topic for some other podcast, not ours. Part of that, uh, the, the 27 Exactly. Club. Yeah, exactly. But we lost him too early. We really did, because the guy really had something to say. But luckily, um, and I've written about it on the website, too. Um, I wrote about the Foo Fighters. And I wrote about Dave Grohl. Um, Dave Grohl's from Virginia. So, like, automatically, like, he's, like... He's your best buddy. On, exactly. <laughs> yeah. He's, like, I'm on a pedestal. Like, he's, he's easily my hero. Like, my inspiration. I, I wish I could play music like he does. And, and he can play, like, every instrument. Every like, instrument I mean, the ever. guy can... He's a master. And that's the thing. It's like, again, you wouldn't have that pedigree. You wouldn't have Dave Grohl, who can play the drums, who gets invited to play drums with, like, Brian May from Queen. Like, he gets invited to play with amazing musicians. At one point, Tom Petty uh, asked him to be his drummer, like, for when they toured, like, for everything. And he was like, no, I kind of want to do my own thing. And that first Foo Fighters album... With the exception of uh, Alone and Easy Target, uh, which uh, Chris Novoselic, who was the bassist from Nirvana, mm. helped him out with that. He did every single musical instrument on that album. Wow. The drum tracks, the guitars, wow. the vocals, did all of it. Then he built the band. So, like, he is the Foo Fighters, and then he added the pieces together. And every single album after that just got progressively better. And they just put out um, Sonic Highways. Which you did write an article about that. In I the did. Yeah. Subsequent HBO. I yeah. highly recommend. I mean, yeah. usually I'm joking around, and just say, just read my stuff. This is yeah. one time I'm going to put that aside. Yeah. Read Mike's article on the Foo Fighters. His passion for that band is dripping through yeah. that article. Oh, yeah. You can just yeah. tell. And that, if you got HBO, if you have HBO Go, you need to watch Sonic Highways, especially if you love music. It is such a good documentary. And at the end of it, if you're not like pumped up and you want to do something with your life. <laughs> then you must have had it on mute or you weren't paying attention. Sleeping through it or something. (laughs) Exactly, because it's so good. And that album, I personally, one of my favorite Foo Fighters albums. Yeah. It's it's easily like in my top three or four. And we we talked about that. We're both kind of like, it's right there with the the color and the shape, which is like the the pinnacle Foo Fighters. I mean, that's when they, that has, you know, Everlong, Monkey Wrench. I mean, pretty much every Foo Fighters song you love. Exactly. Yeah, Yeah, February Stars is on that one. Um, But yeah, that one, there's nothing left to lose, which followed up Color in the Shape when you were like, this band's amazing. I didn't think they could follow up Color in the Shape with anything good. And then, bam, they bam, did something yeah. that was just as good. Um, and then, I mean, there were a couple albums there after that that weren't as good. But then uh, the most recent one they did, uh, again, Sonic Highways, and then the one before that, Wasting Light. Both excellent albums. So they've definitely found like a groove that they're in now. And Dave just continues to add on parts too like Zach Brown plays with them friggin Joe Walsh from the, the Eagles is like yeah man I'm a Foo Fighter too man like think, he plays with them like he's back in high school 
VH1 for a couple years. Maybe this was college. I can't yeah. remember when this was exactly. Yeah. VH1 did a series. It was like three years in a row where they called the VH1 Rock Honors. I yeah. don't know if you watched it or not. No, I never caught um, it, but I know the, what you're talking the, about. The first and second year, they picked yeah. out like four influential bands and acts. And they had modern day bands play a cover, and then yeah. that band come out and play. So they yeah. honored like Queen and Ozzy Osbourne and Heart and all these different great acts. And then the yeah. third year was just The Who, like a yeah. bunch of different bands playing for The Who. Yeah. Um, and I remember the second year, the first band they honored was ZZ Top. Yeah. And um, I'm pretty sure, no, maybe it wasn't that. I can't remember what band they came out, but yeah. The Foo Fighters came out and did a cover. I think it was the ZZ Top one. Yeah. And they absolutely annihilated it. Yeah. I mean, I, I no, maybe, yeah, it, oh, you know what? Actually, it might have been Nickelback that did this easy time. I can't remember <laughs> which one the Foo Fighters. But so I just we're actually talking about Nickelback in a, in, a, in a favorable sense here? It was actually a decent cover. It wasn't their song, that's why. Oh, yeah. um, so, um, no, <laughs> I just, have, I just remember moments, because yeah. Dave Grohl was playing drums yeah. during the Rock Honors. Yeah. And I just remember, like, can this guy do no wrong when yeah. it comes to rock and roll? In, I mean, my, in my eyes, no. I don't think incredible. he can do wrong. I think he's... He's a genius, and, and he I, just keeps. I'm keep not good surprised stuff. that both of our top bands, both yeah. Foo Fighters and Dream Theater, for you and I, the yeah. thing we love is how strong the musicianship is. Yeah, they both write amazing lyrics. I oh, mean, yeah. you can just fall into these songs basically, yeah. and you hear yourself saying those things in your head over and over again. Yeah. Um, yeah, that doesn't surprise me at all yeah. that these are really strong yeah. bands, top to bottom. You know. That's and this is what's hard about this list too is like I have those five and as I'm li- listing off those fives I'm flipping through my iTunes catalog here and I can think of like twenty other bands oh, that, yeah. that are that are great bands that I that I absolutely love but at the same time too I, I started like ranking them in my mind I was driving with uh, driving with my wife earlier today and we were talking about it she was like well you know you love Blink One Eighty Two I do but there's one particular album of theirs that I absolutely love. So I wouldn't say that they were in my top five. Right. That particular album, their self-titled album, which had um, Feeling This, it had uh, Miss You, it had, um, I, I'm, well, I'll have to pull it up right yeah, now. It, uh, yeah, Violence. and yeah, Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's such a good album from top to bottom. It was just, in my opinion, flawless. And because of that, that's one of my like favorite albums of all time. But I would never put them... I wouldn't say never. I'd say they're like in the top ten, maybe. Yeah, it was uh, almost impossible for me to narrow yeah. it down to my top five. Like I, I narrowed both my top bands, and my top albums, yeah. down to my top ten. Yeah, and I kind of ordered them one to ten. I mean, yeah. it was like I said. I mean, on the day. I mean, my other ones six through ten, real quick. Yeah. Um, six being a band called Queensrÿche. Yeah. yeah. Uh, seven was Green Day. Nice. Eight was a, a, a guitarist. He's a solo act, Joe Satriani. Yeah, I know who he is. Um, yeah. I mean, if you love guitar, yeah, get his album Surfing with the Alien. Yeah. Listen to his stuff. I mean, the, the guy, he doesn't play the guitar. He makes love to the guitar. Yeah. I mean, Satriani's like in the same vein as like Gary Clark Jr., I would say now. Um, or like um, um, Ronnie Van Zandt. Yeah, Steve yeah. Vai. I mean, they're yeah. just, that's what they do is they just love guitar. I mean, Joe Satriani's story is pretty awesome. He was like a kid in high school. Oh, no, I said Ronnie Van Zandt. I'm sorry, I meant Steve, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan. Okay. I, yeah, I, just like amazing. Somehow I knew what you meant, even Van, though you yeah. didn't say it. Like, I knew exactly well, Van, what you meant. Van Zant, Van Zant was, uh, um, what's his name? Leonard Skinner. Yes. And I meant Stevie Ray Vaughan because he just could shred. And yeah. Same thing with Gary Clark Jr. And again, watch the Foo Fighters uh, HBO documentary Sonic Highways and watch the, the Austin City Limits episode because they show you like some of the greatest guitarists you'll ever see in your life. And it's... Yeah, yeah. Satriani, he's and actually he, on there too. I think and he does, Satriani does a tour called G3, yeah. and it's him and two other hand-picked guitarists, 
and they do like a solo exhibition where they play a couple of their their guitar songs and then they'll play something together and the one and the reason I got into him was Dream Theater's guitarist uh, John Petrucci he's in my opinion the best guitarist who's ever lived I mean he's he can play anything it's just unbelievable Um, he was on the G3 and I was like alright who are these other guys because they are like right up there with them I need to follow this around yeah yeah, 9 was Iron Maiden and and 10 was Foreigner and so there's certainly days where yeah I'm going to listen to Iron Maiden I'm not really in the mood to listen to Jimmy World so I mean it just depends on the day you know 9 could become 5 real easy I'm the same way and I have like some, some pretty hard music on, on my iPod too so it'll go from you know like Elton John I guess that's why they call it to the blues <laughs> to, to like Children of Bodom <laughs> yeah to Are You Dead Yet by Children of Bodom so it's like it, yeah it's a, it gets a little crazy but like I gotta co-sign on Green Day like absolutely especially Dookie yeah Dookie is one of the best albums of all time in my opinion but also too American Idiot it gets a lot of flack now but when that came out like you popped it's it in your CD incredible. player yeah from track one all the way through it was just it was powerful, powerful stuff, and it was again. It's almost in the prog rock category because it follows that story and it follows yeah, that line. It's definitely it's, a yeah. concept album, and if you look through my, you know, one through ten, you'll pick out. Wow, a lot of these bands are concept albums. I, I'm a sucker for that. I love. I mean, I listen to My Chemical Romance, The Black Parade, because it's all a concept album. I mean, just if it's a concept yeah. album, yeah. I'm going to give it... Sandy's a big fan of My Chemical I'm going to give it, like, two extra, like, points at a scale of ten if it's a concept album before I even hear it. So, yeah. um, uh, maybe that's just a flaw of mine. <laughs> no, I gotcha. I gotcha. Absolutely. Yeah, I gotta, we gotta throw Aerosmith in there, I, I feel. Yeah. Aerosmith is, like... And you would never think it, but Kurt Cobain actually said that Aerosmith was hugely influential to him in his songwriting for Nirvana and I was like you could really? really yeah like Aerosmith of all okay cool um yeah I think that if if you were born in America before 1997 you know an Aerosmith song yeah and even then you know Aerosmith songs because they still play all the time in uh, 97 that was probably around the year like you were probably being conceived while that don't want to miss a thing is happening <laughs> so <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's about the right time yeah, for that. Yeah, and, and in the same vein too. I mean, the Beatles—you got to mention them. And it's—and I had this old man moment because Kanye West just put out a song, and Paul McCartney was with him, and all the idiots on Twitter were like, "Who's this Paul McCartney guy? He's gonna blow up now that Kanye's playing with him." Like, who's this I, old grandma singing with my favorite guy? I was so mad because I was like, "How do you not know who Paul McCartney is?" Yeah. Like, there—that's another band that you don't even know that you like them. Because you've heard their songs and they're just imprinted into your like your brain. You can't get them out. They're in the DNA of every person yeah. that's listened to some sort of rock and roll music since the sixties. Like it's they're just like incredibly ingrained in who we are. Um, and I think that's one of my favorite things, why I love the music that I do, is you can follow that influence train all the way back and you yeah. can discover new artists. It's it's kind of it's not really a, a timeline of music. Yeah. For me, it's more of like a tree that branches off. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And there's that you know center trunk of classical music. Yeah. And then you just kind of follow that all the way up into the different branches. Not everyone is going to follow the same branch. I mean, I personally, I've just never gotten into hip-hop or country. And it's nothing against those art forms. Yeah. I don't just have a personal connection to it. For me, it's yeah. all... You know, rock and roll. If there's guitar and drums, I'm it. I'm into it. I don't. It's from that like said from makes, from dashboard to Opeth. I don't care. I'll listen to. That it. makes a lot of sense about, well, especially too, where you're from, because oh yeah, country's I mean, not real big in the Pittsburgh area. It's 
getting bigger, but yeah, it's not yeah. the predominant. And same thing with hip hop too. Like now, I I grew up in the DC area, so it's part of who I am. Mm-hmm. So I mean, God, I, God, I love Biggie. Like, geez, Louise. Um, like the Beastie Boys are kind of that weird like amalgam <laughs> of like you can't really call them a rap. They're not really hip hop, but they are hip hop, you know. So yeah. Um, Grew up with that. I mean, you get Tupac, you get Wale. Like, Wale's the big DC rapper now. Like, I love listening I'm to him. I'm going to go ahead and believe you that that's yeah. true. <laughs> Same with Kanye. Like, I hated Kanye when he first came out, but I, I, I think he's so he's so cocky and arrogant that it makes him a good rapper that you just want to listen to what he has to say. Um, same thing with Eminem. Like, he has some songs that are real commercial, but there's some his things that aren't commercial are the ones that I like the most. Like, and he tells a story. Yeah. And that's the... Again, that, that's the main thing with me. As long as you can tell a good story, and then I'm good. I can't for the life of me tell you what the song is, but uh, yeah. I, someone was playing it. That one where he raps like, it came out like a year ago, and he raps like insanely fast. He says yeah. like 500 words in a minute or whatever it is. Yeah. I mean, I was flabbergasted yeah. that a human could actually do that. Yeah. And I think with the modern technology and everything, we have the accessibility. Yeah. I love what's coming out with like mashups and things like oh, yeah. that. God, I because love it takes, it, it's an entryway into oh, yeah. some of those other branches I was talking about. Like, yeah. if you say growing up, if you weren't exposed to yeah. a certain genre, a certain type of music, yeah. when you're a teenager, when you're an adult, you're probably not going to listen to it on your own. Exactly. But if you go, wow, someone took this Queen song that I absolutely love mm-hmm. and blended it with this Dr. Dre song, yeah. now all of a sudden you're listening to something yeah. you never would have in the past, and I, I like that. I know we've talked about our love for the game, uh, the game's Guitar Hero and uh, Rock, Rock Band. Band, yeah. Did you ever play DJ Hero? No, I did not. DJ Hero does a mashup of Another One Bites the Dust with Daft Punk, The the Funk, which is the, the closer song I used okay. for our podcast. Um, such a good song. Yeah. It's so ridiculous. Like I actually downloaded the DJ Hero soundtrack because there's so many good mashups like that that work really, really well um, that you never think. You were just like, wow, this is, this is incredible. Um, there was one, it was... Um, it was Destiny's Child's uh, Bootylicious mashed up with Smells Like Teen Spirit from Nirvana. Wow. That was so... How is that even, like, possible? <laughs> but it sounded... You were like, wait a second, that actually this is, like, bad. perfect, yeah. It kind of works together. Um, we talk, you talked about country for a second. Um, I mentioned him in the article I wrote about the Foo Fighters, Zach, Zach Brown. Brown. Yeah. Yeah. Like, never would have even thought to listen to the guy. But hearing his story, the guy was a badass. Like, he pretty much told the number one producer in Nashville to stick it up his butt because the guy <laughs> didn't get permission for one of his songs. And everybody was like, this guy's got a pair. We have to follow him. And I listened to his stuff, and I was like, this is this is pretty good. Um, I never would have thought I would have liked Mumford and Sons. Yeah. And I just, like, I got hooked on him. And, like... Now, granted, I've listened to their two albums, and they most of the songs sound the same, but they're still really catchy. They're still really fun. Um, but moving away from this area, and when I moved down to Roanoke, which is like in the mountains of Virginia, I got exposed to more of that kind of music. Yeah. And it actually makes you feel, well, at least it made me feel like I was more, that was more like the heritage of Virginia. Because when you live in Northern Virginia, you don't really feel like you're in Virginia. Because you're surrounded by people who are from New York City or from Boston or from Florida or California or Pittsburgh. Like, it, it, you don't get a lot of native Virginians. And then when I moved out of that element, it took me leaving northern Virginia to feel like I was actually from Virginia. And you heard music like bluegrass and stuff like that. And I was like, so, oh, okay, so there is other music out there. Yeah, in Pittsburgh, like, the, the radio stations around that area, yeah. I feel like there's, like, one of each. Like, there's yeah. one hip-hop one, yeah. there's one country one, there's one alt-rock, there's yeah. one classic yeah. rock. So it's kind of, you just pick the one that you listen to if you're not going to listen to CD or iPod or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
down here it is like predominantly country this area here i mean like there's like three or yeah. four country stations yeah um, it's the, there used to be a lot more rock stations it's gotten bad um my favorite rock station growing up um uh, was uh 991 hfs which was the alt rock station and it mine was 105.9 the x for yeah. the alt rock i mean that's why i listened to yeah. it all the time and it, and it went the way of the dodo unfortunately because it, it wasn't it wasn't profitable anymore yeah. and it, it stinks to think that music comes down to making money when there was such a passion for it especially the alternative side of it like yeah yeah and with the um the vastness of the internet i mean you just look at at bands like uh on wiki and things like that yeah there's so many sub-genres anymore that you could basically make a band today and as you make your band you're also making your own genre i mean it's getting that diversified yeah like Um, i mentioned to you horse the band yeah the other day they're called their nintendo core (laughs) because <laughs> the guy's synthesizer just sounds like an old NES uh, like soundtrack, like yeah, that, little eight bit sounds and exactly, stuff, which yeah. I've had stuck in my head since we did the video game yeah, podcast. Yeah, I've had yeah. Mega Man and Ninja Gaiden, and it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean that's just a, a brief foray, uh, not actually so brief into yeah, no. our <laughs> you know love brief. of music. Some of the things that yeah. we haven't really touched on yet. Um, if you have not heard some of the bands that me and Mike have talked about, yeah. do yourself a favor and check into them. There's some yeah. really cool stuff. We're going to tag uh, most of the names of the bands for this podcast so you guys can look at it. Um, I mean, we God, I can't even list off all the ones that we, we named, but we'll definitely put them up uh, on the website. Um, but this was God, this was fun. We could, I could keep going. but like, Yeah, this could be a, a four-hour podcast just talking about music and stuff because exactly. we're only touching on top five. And yeah. I have hundreds of bands we could talk about. Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, and just talk about like the best albums you've heard oh, yeah. by guys that you wouldn't even put on. Yeah, your, I mean, like, there's some bands, of them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Joe Satriani wasn't in my yeah. top five, but his album yeah. Surfing with the Alien because yeah. it just, I mean, it just infiltrates yeah. your mind with that guitar. Yeah. There's this guy. He's a British jazz piano player. His name is Jamie Cullum. His album's called Twenty Something. It came out maybe like like ten years ago. Amazing, an incredible album. And I'm not a jazz piano fan at all. Yeah. But this guy just he just rocked for for a piano player and a British piano player singing jazz. Like who knew? Like the guy was the guy was real real good. Wow. And I caught him on Conan. He was on. He was yeah. That's where I first heard Wolf Mother. So I mean, like yeah. Conan's definitely oh, Wolf got Mother. Some, Wolf yeah. Mother. Oh god, they're great too. Yeah, because yeah. he just—I remember that episode because he goes going Wolf Mother. Yeah, exactly. They had the, just the most rad name ever. But yeah, um, yeah, that's part of the fun of it too—is discovering stuff. Yeah, um, and, and I hope you guys do some of that. Uh, hopefully, this conversation sparked—you know—go back and listen to some stuff you used to love and haven't heard in forever, or go and check out some new stuff, things that we might have brought up, stuff that you want to find. Um, definitely give some comments in the comment section about what you think your favorite bands are, um, why you like them, stuff we missed. Hey, you idiots, how did you not talk about ACDC? Something like that. So, yeah. Because um, yeah, every ACDC song is exactly the same. That's why we didn't talk about them. Yeah. They're all great. They all rock, but like. Absolutely awesome stuff. <laughs> I love Malcolm Young. Yeah. You'll never get me not to love I don't know. Them. Thunderstruck. You want to talk about a song that'll get you pumped up. Man. Oh my God. You start playing Thunderstruck, you're just like, you start pounding your fist. You're like, yeah, yeah let's do this. <laughs> awesome. So, guys, thanks again for, for tuning in to Pirate Radio. Uh, I'm Steve Monick. I'm Mike Lunsford. Uh, keep it easy, guys, and keep on rocking. Y'all be good. Make sure you check out GGR The Great Geek Refuge on Facebook and on Twitter. This has been a Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy!